What's up? It's your boy, Elia. And as you are listening to me speak right now, the TalkHouse podcast team is laid out, recovering from another weekend in Sin City. We were out in Las Vegas recording some fantastic talks for the show at Life is Beautiful Festival. And we're going to be sharing those with you very soon. For this week, we wanted to resurface one of our favorite talks from last year that happened at the festival. Comedian Jabuki Young-White in conversation with the drums. Since this talk happened, the drums released their fantastic new record, Brutalism, and Jabuki Young-White's meteoric rise has continued, most recently with the announcement of his first Comedy Central special, which is airing on October 18th. Make sure to check that out and keep it locked for Jabuki and the drums. Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. The Tribe Call Quest. Fred Armisen. Prince Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Ow! What's up? Welcome back to the Talk House Podcast. I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving break. I know we did. The Tofurky was fantastic. Today, I'm joined from our Chicago studio by... Josh Modell, executive editor. What's up, Elio? Good to hear your voice. How was Thanksgiving in the Midwest? Delicious. No Tofurky here, I'm afraid, but some real Midwestern meat. <laughs> there you go. Listeners, we have a fantastic show for you today. Comedian Jabuki Young-White in conversation with the drums Johnny Pierce and drummer Brian DeLeon. This conversation is the first of three that we recorded at National Southwestern Recording on the grounds of Life is Beautiful Fest. Josh, you were out in Las Vegas for the festival. Tell me what you guys saw out there. Man, it was pretty incredible. It's in downtown Las Vegas, and they basically block off something like 18 square blocks of downtown for this massive, sun-drenched, multi-stage festival. So it's not like you're in a big park like Lollapalooza or out at some sort of stadium. You're right in the middle of the action. They got a ton of huge bands, some incredible names like Arcade Fire, The Weeknd, Florence and the Machine, Travis Scott, St. Vincent, and of course, the drums and a bunch of comedians and Sylvanessa, who we also speak to in a future conversation. Josh, I saw that there was over 175,000 attendees at the three-day fest this year. Yeah, I didn't count each one, but there were definitely a <laughs> lot of people. All of our talks were recorded right on the grounds of the festival at a place called National Southwestern Recording, which is right in the back of an incredible record store called 11 Street Records. Those are two of my favorite things, beautiful recording studios and fully stocked independent record stores. Well, you would have been in heaven hanging out for a few days with us. So the first of our conversations there is between Jabuki Young-White and the drums. Jabuki is an incredible comedian who's really kind of having a moment in 2018. He was a writer on the second season of American Vandal. He's a writer on Big Mouth, which just got picked up for a third season. And he's been on Jimmy Fallon and other late night shows. And he's hilarious. One very cool thing, since this talk was recorded, Jabuki was made a senior youth correspondent for The Daily Show. So he is now a member of the world's fakest news team with Trevor Noah. Yeah, amazing gig. And he's apparently also going to be on the upcoming season of the HBO show Crashing with Pete Holmes. Very, very excited about that. I was also excited to learn that Jabuki is a huge music fan. And we first learned about his love of the drums in an interview where he talked about putting them on mixtapes. Jabuki's a little bit younger than Johnny Pierce, the drums frontman. And so he grew up listening to them in high school. Now, the drums were an indie pop band begun by Johnny and a couple friends almost 10 years ago. They specialize in witty, miserable lyrics, melodic guitars, and soaring choruses. The band's latest album is Abysmal Thoughts, 
And that record's based around Pierce's romantic life and the ending of a relationship, his status as the last original member of the drums, and the inspiration he draws from the two cities he lives in, New York and L.A. From last year's abysmal thoughts, check out this beautiful song, Blood Under My Belt. I could listen to the drums all day. Now, Johnny, Brian, and Jibuki get into a lot in this talk. One of the main themes is what it really looks like to be a queer artist in 2018. Yeah, and they talk about coming out through your art. That was particularly amazing that Jibuki came out to his parents via a set on late night TV. They also get into the drums career, going all the way back to the Halcyon MySpace days and forward to what's coming next for the band. And as part of that, we hear about the theory that being constantly sad makes one smarter. Josh, I thought Johnny might be going full young Morrissey there. Yes, and in a very Morrissey-esque way. Funny, sad, self-deprecating, and true. They also get into conveniently Christian homophobes. Some thoughts on American Vandal season two. Yep, we get some insights there. How much they all adore the musician Sophie. How Johnny's a Balenciaga daddy. And how what the world really needs is a gay Shrek. Check it out. I'm Jabuki Young-White. And you are? I'm Johnny from The Drums. Yes. And I'm here with? And I'm Brian from The Drums. Sweet. We got some of the drums here. We got a snare and a kick here. Oh, yes. Hey, yes. But no, um, you guys were great. You guys were really good. I that technically was... prefer being referred to as a shaker. As a shaker. Okay. Yeah. You are a mover and a shaker. You would be hard-pressed to find a song by The Drums that doesn't have a shaker in it. Or a tambourine. So you have, this is your fifth, sixth? Five. Five. Wow. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, first off. Thanks. That is so dope. Yeah. Um, what can you say about this, new, about this new record? First of all, I'm really grateful to be able to put out a fifth record. Mm. And, you know, that doesn't seem to happen with a lot of bands, like really amazing bands, just because of how music works now and the industry. And it's really, really hard. Yeah. So... Like just the fact that we're putting out a fifth record and they're, you know, playing a festival, we're super grateful for that. Like the fans have just stuck it out and new people are showing up. And so that's really exciting. And like with this new record, the one part that scares me is that we, we, you know, we've decided to do things a little bit differently. All the drums are actually played by Brian. Okay. And, you know, there's no more samples, which which adds sort of, a, you know, pushes it just a little bit more human. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great thing. It's just different from what we've done before. For sure. And we're just kind of pushing it with Sonics a little bit. Yeah. We really love this band called Whale from Sweden. They okay. came out in the 90s. Tricky produced their first record, and it was a flop. <laughs> and they tried to make a second record, which sold like 12 copies. What is it? It's like kind of loop-based rhythms and um, and big pop songs, but like weird. There's like it's like they're just freaks. They're freaks. They're just freaks. Yeah, it's like if if they kind of made like an Odelay 
<laughs> it's like they're a rock. They're, it's like they're, they're a rock band who wanted to make like drum and bass, but they just like didn't know how to use drum and bass stuff. So they just like played it drum and bass stuff as okay. like a band. I could fuck. It's with not that. all drum and bass, but it's like very much like in the spirit of like like tricky and like massive attack. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Maybe a little whatever That's was so going dope. on at that time in the nineties in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. We liked that band a lot. So we were kind of, you know, oh, how are they mixing things and how are they What's their approach? You know, right. why do we love this so much? And like, what are they doing? And that's kind of a first. Yeah. Because up until this new record, anything that we've ever recorded, we've just shut out all music and only, you know, sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's the truth. We, you know, reference our own stuff. I think with the drums, we kind of have this, I don't know, this world we've built for ourselves. Yeah. It's like this... The sort of like tender, delicate space that we exist in. Right. And, you know. That makes sense because listening to your albums, like as they progress, there is a sense of like it being a living, breathing sort of thing that's building on these like blocks that you've established starting from like the summertime uh, EP, like all the way up until now, which yeah. is really cool. Well, I think what happened with summertime, I had, you know, it felt like I had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, I, just sat in a bedroom and recorded that thing in like a week's time. It was really quick. It wow, just kind really? of happened. Yeah. So you made Let's Go Surfing that fast. Yeah. That was like, you know, every artist is like, oh, we wrote that in 30 minutes. Right. So it's like that kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, that was just like quick. Everything was quick. It was like, it was kind of like a song a day. Yeah. And then the EP was there. And I, I think I hadn't written a song before the Summertime EP in years. And I'm now identifying as a homosexual songwriter. Mm-hmm. and Amazing. Um, <laughs> Love it. So, but, you know, I think that's what I do. I write songs. Yeah. And so I wasn't doing that for years. And so when we started Summertime, it just oozed out. It was like building, building, building. And then it was just all kind of there. But when it came out, I I was really like in the moment and, you know, writing it for myself, writing it to show my roommate. Mm-hmm. writing it to show like whoever but not thinking ever that anyone would really hear this and then we you know put let's go surfing on myspace and myspace you know, yeah like six months <laughs> later yeah. we were like signed and yeah. touring and six was, months later it was yeah, that it was fast. really wild yeah well, when you were making it did you have any idea like oh this is a banger this is a bop i know that this is yeah like, all the urban so- outfitters are going to be begging me <laughs> no. to play this in their store no i just you knew i that. loved it and yeah. i'm like a pop music enthusiast yeah like i love a big chorus i like when things but, you know, not just a big chorus. Like, it has to be kind of heartfelt and right. genuine. Like, if you can feel that and you're emotionally lifted and you're also musically lifted, yeah. I love that combo. Do you guys listen to PC music at all? Like, I, like I love Sophie. Sophie yes. is everything. Love it so much. Yes. I've seen Iconic. Sophie three times. I'm She's kind everything. of crazy about She's her. Everything. But there's something about your music that I feel like the spirit of it is really similar to PC music for me just because it has this like deep sincerity to it but you're also playing with these like structures of pop and these like structures I listen to the commentary you like say that Americana is like a huge inspiration for you and it really seems like you're sort of taking it at face value and like taking it very seriously mm-hmm. in a way that creates this like super sincere but like playful kind of sound in a way yeah I mean TBH like 
Americana was kind of like a cool idea for me before Donald Trump was our president. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I'm so like all about Europe. Now. Right. Like, I'm really like not into America. Mm -hmm. I kind of hate this place. But see, I feel like looking back on a lot of the things that were Americana influenced, there's a darkness to all of your songs that I feel like is kind of true and was like speaking on what we're in now in like this really interesting way mm. sort of because it's not like you're celebrating it it's sort of like look at this really kind of fucked up thing especially yeah. from like a queer perspective like right. we're so like excluded from americana that like we don't really have access to it so it was almost yeah, like but the whole thing was like homoerotic from the beginning right right, right. right. let's be real okay <laughs> i uh, i tweeted about this the other day but like i'm not like i'm proud to be an american <laughs> right 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 <laughs> That'd be hilarious, though. I'd love to see. Should I, uh, we cover like patriotic yes, songs? Yeah, we, we, we should walk on to the Star Spangled Banner. Just cover the Star Spangled Banner. Cover insane. it. Cover <laughs> it. Do it. You it's should do it. Such a bold move. Do it. Do it. Lean in. It's almost like it's like the word like F F A G, the mm -hmm. F word. You know, like mm -hmm. some people in the queer community want to reclaim that. Maybe right. we should reclaim the, like, the patriotic songs. <laughs> Like for gay people, just be like, "Fuck you, we're taking it back." <laughs> it's like, our we proud love it. to be an American. <laughs> proud to be an American, not proud of you. But right, it just reclaim patriotism. But um, I tweeted about this. I knew that you were queer before. I mean, it's kind of like in the music, but like the yeah. drum sounds gay. Like you're not even explicitly talking about like homosexual relationships that often. Like it's kind of like subtextually hinted at, but right. there's something like sonically about the way that the music well, just sounds, even, no lyrics that feels yeah, it's queer dramatic and sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Like, and the songs that, there's a couple songs like Magic Mountain and it's not sensitive. It's more like go for it. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when I listen to like songs like that, it feels like it was a different person. Like it doesn't touch my heart at all. Mm. And, Where do you think that was coming from when you were making it? fans don't give a fuck either. Yeah. But my one guitar player has it tattooed like a Magic Mountain on his arm or something like that. Doesn't what? He? Johnny does, but he's like a straight like rocker. <laughs> he's like a cock rocker. <laughs> so, and then he has this like magic mountain tattoo. You're blown away right now. <laughs> it's like the weirdest. Like it's not even a. It's on a record, but it should be like not even. It's like a seaside. Yeah. It's not even. A <laughs> it's like it does so feel. Ridiculous. It does feel a lot out of place. Was that, in that, your was, that was ridiculous. Like, like the buzz single off of Encyclopedia. It's was the first it? song on Encyclopedia. Or it's, you release. We lead with it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was because the, cool. it was so bizarre. Yeah. And for some reason, we were like, no, it has to be in the record. That we didn't know where to play. We're just, so we put it in the front. We're like, let's just get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> just get it over with. Throw it up in the front. Yeah. You know? If and, you had to, what's your favorite song to perform? If you had to pick one of your songs, like what's your fave? Um, for me, I always really enjoy the book of stories. It's, that went hard tonight. It was good. Yeah, it we hit. took it out for a while. But for hey. me, it is just, it feels like the quintessential like drum song. On a topical level, on a deeper level, it feels 
like how I feel every day, you know? And so it's one, there's certain songs that like I'm still touched by, but I can't relate to them much anymore. Mm -hmm. But like that song, it's, it's wildly universal, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sad every day, you know, I'm sad right now. I'm always sad. And so my life is composed of like, that's the quote of this interview. (laughs) You have to keep that one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my, but the, my life is literally filled with just me like stabbing in the dark trying to find joy right you know and so i think that's like the most human thing yeah i think if you're really sad you just become intelligent (laughs) (laughs) oh wow so that's that's it's true true. if you're sad you sit there and you think about it yeah you're questioning stuff for years i feel like that's such a patently queer thing too because we're banned from so many things that we don't get to just sincerely like engage with most things without a second thought there is sort of like this dual consciousness that we have to approach things with you know what it's a gift it It is is a gift i feel so lucky i remember doing like in 2010 2009 the new york times came to my apartment and this journalist wanted to sleep over and like what's a night like with the drums like because we all live together in the same apartment okay there was like this thing or whatever and he sits us down he's (laughs) like so is anyone in the band gay like straight up right away and i remember my face just rushed bright red and I I just dodged the question. Yeah. I didn't say no, but I was like, Bleh. you know. And now, you know, I've just realized that for me, and it's not saying anything, you know, derogatory towards heterosexual people. No, say it. But drag them. <laughs> drag the straights. I know, I know. Death to the straights. <laughs> um no, I I I feel as though I've really truly owned this idea that that it's a real gift that because I I wasn't born heterosexual and I was born in a family that were not necessarily loving they Oof. were they were loving in their way yeah they were both born again christians oh my pastors god. of a church oh my god speak it i relate it so yeah yeah, yeah. my parents are jamaican and like jamaican culture is oh, like they like kill people yes, for being gay. no in yeah. public yeah it's like really intense yeah. so like i people fully... all the straights all the time now since we're dragging straights yes <laughs> let's get into it i was like Yo, we should go to Jamaica on vacation. It's amazing there. And it's kind of like a new hotspot. Like, <laughs> like the electric chair, like that kind of hotspot. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah, no, it's what? like still straight up illegal. Like 100%, there's still laws. Forbidden by shit. law? Yeah, like there's no, still buggery and laws. The, and the government's like really into it. Yeah, yeah. In, but they like won't Russia. say that because like that fucks up their tourism it's money. Tourism. So like they got to keep that unlocked. Yeah. But yeah, I remember reading um, before Encyclopedia came out. I think that's when you also came out. Was that not? I don't remember exactly. Like in, I had different in a public like I'm like an onion of, of coming out. But I have all these all, different phases. Yes. You know, like, oh my god. Speaking of that, we need a gay Shrek that just like popped in my head. <laughs> yeah. We need a gay Shrek, Shrek is remake. Gay already. <laughs> Give me a break. We need a gay Shrek. I'm not gonna stop thinking about that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it feels like when you are born not straight anything but straight you really are forced to 
think you you just think about things differently. You have to. You yeah. have to become you almost immediately you have to be a bit more sensitive. You have to feel out a space. So you walk in a room and you're like, Am I gonna get bullied? Like yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. Like when you're little, before you even have those thoughts in the front of your mind, you're feeling out spaces, you're figuring out who you are, how do I fit in this family? And it really becomes a search for acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you have to think about kind of every angle of every situation. You know, whether you think you're doing it or not, you are. You're processing a lot. And I think that it just kind of... That's why a lot of gay people are weirdos. You know, mm. like they're just weirdos. Because they've like they overthought everything because they had to, yeah. you know. And so they just kind of become these like interesting, um, dynamic people. I mean, we've all met a boring gay, but... Right. It's not, <laughs> but like, there's also just like fantastic ones, yeah. you know? So like for me, I know that if I, I, you know, if I believed in God, I'd thank him every day for being gay because it pushed me by whatever means possible to get out of that small town Yeah, and that sort of abusive, like toxic mindset dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so that's why I went to New York. That's why I... Really, you know, I'd sit in my bedroom 12 hours a day with like an old synthesizer writing little songs that only I would ever hear. Mm-hmm. But it did like it put gas in my tank, you yeah. know, to just kind of get out of there. So, yeah, being gay is great. Agreed. And like, let's also just like be real. Gay guys, they like, they're really good at stuff. Yeah, we are. We're working with even like makeup that like primarily women wear, like the top. Makeup artists are like gay guys. Yeah. Designing yeah. clothes. You know? <laughs> gay dudes. Gay dudes. Architects. Yeah. Gay dudes. Gay dudes. Like Republican senators. Gay dudes. Republican senators. <laughs> gay dudes. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. So um that's interesting though, because like you brought up how are you agnostic atheists? Football players, gay dudes. Fo- hey, that's a real one. Athletes so slept on. Yeah. Um but that that's like a recurring theme in a lot of your in a lot of your stuff. Like in the opening of Portamento, just like an idea of like questioning mm-hmm. a higher power or like a higher being. Oh yeah, yeah. Like talking about how like there's you've seen I the world. I was thinking about no gay heaven. football players. Oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, that's a heavy theme. Like gay linebackers <laughs> in your work. Hike. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I thought that was really interesting. I went to like a super Catholic school. I was oh. in high school when that came out. And that was like around the time that I Portamento. became an atheist. Yeah. Oh. I took a church history class and was like, this shit ain't fucking real. Uh, <laughs> at all. I could say never about that. Yeah. Were you, you, you were born again Christian, not Catholic, Protestant, not an emanational. Born again, Pentecostal. Pentecostal. Mm. Yeah. I was Praying not an tongues. Oh my God. There's no medicine in the house. It was weird because like I'd never heard like, oh, we don't do medicine, but it was all about, I like I remember the first time that someone had a headache that was so bad that like we're like, I guess we have to go get Tylenol. Like it was that kind of thing. Or it was just like, that was a moment getting a bottle of Tylenol. Leviticus isn't working today, because it was all a, it was all about Jesus will heal you. Yeah. And, and... There's also this undercurrent of if he doesn't, it's because you fucked up. Like, yeah. you know, so mm. there's guilt and that, you know, it's like, no, I actually just, 
have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> because you're awful. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Do you so. feel like uh church music has influenced you in any way or like church culture has influenced you? That's interesting. Um I've never been asked that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, church culture growing up in the church, definitely I you know, the, I think the first half of my musical career was like reactionary. Mm. Like Everything I did was sort of like a fuck you. Like, mm. And so it's, it's influential in that way where it's not like, oh, I want to take these right. qualities that I like of the church and put it in my music. <laughs> it was more like I want to distance myself. From but this. how I, but you know, it yeah. tries I may, I am my father's son, you know. Mm. My dad stands on a stage with a microphone and talks to a bunch of people about hate. I stand on a stage with a microphone and, and try to influence people to love, you know. Yeah. So we're kind of the same. We're kind of different. He put out a record in the 80s. What? Like full, blank, full length. Under what name? Can I find it on it's Spotify? Jim Pierce and Friends. Jim Pierce and Friends. And the album is that called would be a folk Order Yourself no. Around. Order Yourself Around. Yeah. And he, he's kind of a... <sighs> It's hard because I'm working on a relationship with him. Like three years ago, I'd be like, he's a narcissist. Fuck. Yeah. See, that's and, where I'm at right yeah. now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I have to uh, <laughs> talk. <laughs> we got to get into some shit. I came out to my parents when I did late night. That was how I came out to my parents. That was my like, fuck you guys. You did? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that is so sick. Yeah. That's and courageous. Yeah. It was also like, I wanted an audience to be like, look at all these people fucking with me and you guys are sort of missing out. It was definitely a petty move. People think that it was brave. I'm like, no, I wanted to be a bitch. <laughs> That's what I wanted <laughs> to be. Did it go well? Um, It went really well with Does my... he do the Johnny Carson thing where he asked you to come over and speak or he something? He asked like you that? to come over, but I didn't speak to him. I just sat there. Um, I looked cute though on the couch. Um, <laughs> I played Fallon too. Really? It's the only late, late night I've ever done. He's so nice. When did you do it? Portamento. Oh, he's shit. like a big fan of really, or at least he was. I don't know. If yeah, he was <laughs> after encyclopedia, I mean, we lost a few. Let's be real. Oh Man, I really feel like you got them back with abysmal thoughts, though. We did. We got like, them back. Yeah. That's why I feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can joke about it now. You can joke about it now. But yeah, no. With my dad, we're still kind of on like a don't really talk, don't really fuck with each other type thing. How long ago was late night? This was December. This Holy past shit. December, yeah. Whoa. So it's still like Holy relatively shit, fresh, man. but it's something that, like, you know, growing up, like, it's not like this hit me out of nowhere, and I'm like, oh my god, my dad is kind of homophobic. <laughs> like uh. when I'm like 23 years, like, no, Wait, I was like, but he's Christian, minute. right? See, the thing that's annoying is that he's like conveniently Christian. He's not even like fervently like. That's the worst yes, kind. Yes, because it's like, oh my god, like, like if you were like just like Gaga for Jesus, yeah. like I kind of get it a little because right. you're just dumb. <laughs> but like, if you are just like, no, I'm an atheist and I hate gay people. Like, <laughs> what? You have no reason. You, it's literally just. Ew. It's just, just gross. You just think it's gross. Yeah, no, that like, is Like, what the, the fuck? Because their their convictions are so shallow, and mm. that must be really frustrating. Yeah, it you is know? really frustrating. When someone's convictions are, like, super deep, it, 
you can see you can why they're blind. Yeah. yeah, there's like a passion there where you're like, I guess I could see where this comes from. But when it's like so superficial, it's like, you just stupid. Like, yeah, or it's just, you know, a lot of parents will think that, like there's certain parents that like have kids to sort of put more of themselves in the world and mm. and then also like that kid better do well, that kid better not be gay mm-hmm. you know it's kind of part of that thing like having this it, do you feel that like that your family has this drive to come Ooh, across 100%. as perfect yeah. especially because both my because parents, you are perfect yeah thank you uh, thank you i'm glad you noticed um, <laughs> no both my parents are immigrants so it's like also this sort of like we came here and put so much stock in you and sacrificed so much like my dad mm-hmm. wanted to be a dj like really bad and he would like wow. dj Interesting yeah. twist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we both have musical fathers. Um, was okay. Was your dad's album like a like spoken word kind of sermon no. thing or music? Full, Full music, blown pop songs that kick ass. Really? Yes. Sing. We gotta let our dads link. They're up. insane. <laughs> Make some homophobic bops <laughs> together. <laughs> oh my god! My dad's like a Trumpy. Like he wears like the. Not like the cool um, like, sunglasses style Oakleys, but like yes, oh my god! It's the type of glasses that he wears them every day, but they're actually meant to like help you see fish through a lake. They make you know exactly what you're talking they about. They make you more yeah. aerodynamic. They take away the surface glare. <laughs> <laughs> he just wears them all day. Oh my god! That's for Trump. Iconic. <laughs> A mesh polo tucked into but cargo they're like shorts, all over that the, kind of thing. But they're all over the new Balenciaga campaign, for right, sure. Right. Yeah. He's like yeah. accidentally really styled. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. my God. And that's what I love about Balenciaga and Vetements right now. They're like so inclusive. They're just like, everyone looks like this. Their show, so. was, their, their show a couple seasons ago was just like regular people. It was just like... Wearing like, like blankets. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Not like chic blankets, like and, just like and and like all the photos were like taken with an iPhone. <laughs> yes, yeah, I love their Instagram so uh, much. It, one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. Following yeah, yeah, their Instagram yeah. is great. Their Instagram is good. Um, How did we get to that? Because your dad is accidentally dad. High Balenciaga. <laughs> A Balenciaga daddy. Yeah. Um, you got to get him on Instagram. I need a Balenciaga daddy. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I am a Balenciaga daddy. All. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You got the socks on. You guys can't see, but he has on these like fly ass, devilish looking Balenciaga socks. They're red with black Balenciaga text. Hopefully, they're listening. I um, went through a phase that um, where I guess maybe I was feeling. I was telling myself like I'm gonna reward myself, but I think I was actually like just needing like a boost. Mm-hmm. So in this new store opened near my apartment in New York called Dover Street Market. There's one in London, and there's a couple of ones, and they sell Balenciaga and, and like. Gucci and stuff like that. Okay. Ball out a little bit. Well, so I went and I bought these. These socks are $100 for a pair of socks. Wow. And they're like ripping and shit. I've worn them three times. <laughs> you have to hand wash them. I've hand washed these hand socks. Hand wash these socks. Oh, I do. Every time I wear them. I, With I, what? I go, like some I, Dawn and just like in the sink? Or yeah, what do you like, use? But I'm like touching them really carefully. <laughs> Shit. They're just unraveling in your head. With a pair of chopsticks. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the water turns like red. And, like the whole thing's crazy. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, jokes on you. Yeah, jokes on me. And also, like, I had just had a conversation. I'm in sort of an open relationship with someone who lives in Belgium. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him, and 
he was like, I've got to be honest with you. Like, I don't think this Balenciaga stuff, I know you like the brand, but it's, I just don't think it's you. And I feel like it's disingenuine for you to wear it. And I think it also isolates you. It puts up a wall between you and just everyone else. Like wow. you greet someone with a, like a Balenciaga bag and they're like, it says something about you. Mm. And I think he's right. Like on one tip, like... Balenciaga has like a cool campaign. So like style-wise, it's cool. But I've kind of been wearing bullshit clothes my whole life. So like, I I don't know. I feel like I could do that without wearing actual Balenciaga. Because for me, like anything that is going to separate me from someone else, like I make music now to hopefully reach people and connect with people and like connect with their hearts. And I know that sounds like silly and cheesy and all no, that. No, that is what music should be. But that is my aim. My aim is to like write music that touches people and specifically like queer people mm-hmm. who feel lost and just like they're in the middle of nowhere. Well, you're and- fucking doing it. Seriously, I think you dropped an album right after every single time I've broken up with a guy. Like, just conveniently. We were oh, such nice. a breakup band. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is but a lot so of the good. songs that I write that, that seem to be like boyfriend, girlfriend, breakup stuff, a lot of that is about my religion, leaving religion, leaving my parents. Days is about my parents. It's not about a boyfriend. Really? Yeah. I could fully see that. It makes sense. Yeah. But really it's just like the base level of caring about something and like having to separate yourself from that because it's not good for you. That could be applied to like anything basically. Yeah. There is like a universality in which is so interesting because queerness is always thought to be like this esoteric, like super heady, like you have to be in the group to understand it, but you have managed to make that like extremely poppy and like Univer- I like I saw so many hetero couples in the crowd today and like I was gagging but like also it was beautiful you know Yeah it's weird like we don't have an explicitly like gay crowd Mm-mm. It's like a real mix of everyone It truly is I feel yeah. like everyone every band says that but it like truly is yeah. with our band And I think like the straights like a big chorus <laughs> I love it and the gay is like a big chorus the that they also really are hard. touched by. They're like really accepting, like, you know, I think they're connecting with what I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know. I don't think I've evolved very much since the first record, like, mm. personally. Mm. I mean, it's for, like in certain areas, you know. Some areas I'm like, okay, like I brush my teeth twice a day now instead of once. Or, <laughs> but like... But the sadness is like there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how do the, and I've gone through therapy and all of a sudden the sadness is just there. Yeah. Do you remember when we started making the new record? We were like, we want this album to be about beauty and, and you know, just the things in life that like we love, like smells and pretty <laughs> things and fruit. The first song you write lyrics for is just so miserable. Yeah. It's just, I it's think it's true. called Loner. Or yeah, something. yeah. It's just so sad. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, okay. This works. Random side no note. I was, I was reading the 33 and a third book about Bjork's homogenic mm-hmm. and she's quoted in there. A bunch of times talking, Bjork's my favorite artist of all time. Okay. And she's quoted talking about how she only 
ever wanted to make music that was uplifting and joyous and happy. And it wasn't till her fourth album or something where she kind of was so distraught that she had to write something sad to stay genuine. Mm. But I thought that was interesting because when I listen to almost any Bjork song, I'm thinking like, this feels really sad to me. Like there's a sadness in it. Yeah. She always sounds like she's on the verge of tears, like when she's crying, you know? Yeah. And even like, like early on, like the debut record was like, it seems sad. So like, I feel, I kind of relate to that in a way. Like I, I want to be uplifting, but I also have to be genuine. Yeah. You know, I think there's something, you, there's a happiness in being able to acknowledge that you're sad though. And like seeing that it's there and giving it space, like allows you to then like acknowledge it, see that it's there and then move on to be happy. Like the thing that I love about you guys is like, you're one of the few musical acts that I could listen to so depressed and so happy at the same mm. time. There's like a duality in all of your music that exists. It's really nice. Yeah, we I mean, hear people are jumping up and down and laughing and singing. I thought my life would get easier. Instead, it's getting harder. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's this weird nice. combo. But, you know, the only thing that's worse than being like sad is being sad and by yourself, you know? And so when you can connect with other people that are sad, it's like, I mean, what's better than that? Yeah. It's better than being happy. <laughs> it is because being it's more textural yeah. and you can like get in there. It's the best. But the new record I think sounds, I mean, it's weird. It's interesting. It's like the the songs that sound uplifting and like kind of going for it, they're they're still really sad. Pretty miserable. Yeah. And then cool. the the other songs are like distraught. Yeah. 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 I'm very excited. But isn't yeah. that what we all are right now? Exactly. Are you distraught? Oh yes. It's America 2018, baby. Yeah. Yeah. We sad in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> what are we excited about? <laughs> um yeah thanks for uh thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk and everything yeah you're a total pleasure oh thanks i think we should hang out when i go to la yes you live there now right well i'm kind of back and forth between la and new york but yeah oh, oh i live in new york like permanently yeah okay well i'll hit you up i'm gonna be in new york next week really oh my god really I hope quick so. i know we're gonna we're trying to wrap it up but i didn't get to ask you can you tell me anything about American Vandal season two? Season two. We talked mm. about it. You worked on it. Big right. fan of the show. Yeah. Um, essentially, this one is like, it gets really into how people use the internet nowadays, specifically like younger people using technology and like what that kind of does to us, how it affects our relationships, IRL and yeah. like in the digital realm too. Yeah. So a lot of that and shit, a lot of poop in it. Oh, love it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. I'm such a big fan. So cool. I'm glad we can hang out in New York. That's yeah, yeah, great. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Let's link. Okay. And build. Yeah. And build. Come on, man. Is that a thing from your thing? Your show? No, no, no. No, that's it's a thing like from a just phrase. being 25. Link and, <laughs> link and build. I wouldn't know. I'm 18. I, I don't say we have to build. You know, that's work. We're just hanging out. We can just link. link. Yeah, we don't link. have to build. Productivity isn't mandatory. What about Doc? Doc. Should we Doc? 
Just kidding. <laughs> Sophie. 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 <laughs> Gotta go. Jabuki, Johnny, Brian, thank you so much for taking time out of the crazy festival schedules at Life is Beautiful to have this fantastic conversation on the TalkHouse podcast. Thanks so much to Ronald Corso at National Southwestern and to Life is Beautiful for having the TalkHouse podcast at your fantastic festival. For some behind-the-scenes pictures, visit our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TalkHouse.com. While you're on TalkHouse, make sure to read Johnny Pierce's amazing essay from last year. I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but it was one of my absolute favorites, a must-read. I want to take a moment to give a big shout to a benefit that I've been working on organizing and that features Jabuki as one of the performers. If you're in New York, December 1st at Murmur, featuring Frankie Cosmos, Lee Ronaldo, Vagabond, DJ sets from members of Deaf Heaven and Battles, and a live auction that those of you not even in New York can access now, which includes signed guitars from Niall Rogers of Chic, Jeff Tweedy of Wilco, Courtney Barnett, and the Pixies. Again, that's December 1st at Murmur and features Jabuki Young White. This is a benefit for Southern Poverty Law Center, and you can find all the info on that on TalkHouse.com's event page. Today's talk was produced by Mark Yoshizumi. The TalkHouse theme song was composed and performed by The Range. Make sure to subscribe to TalkHouse Podcast for future episodes like Jeff Tweedy in conversation with Abby Jacobson, David Bazan and Tom Berlin, and Tierra Wack with Namdi Ogbenaya. Till next week, I'm Ellie Einhorn. I'm Josh Modell. Peace. Peace. Peace.